you know, any of you listening, walk to your local park. Every one of us lives within with, within uh, a spitting distance of a trail, whether it's a whether it's a name trail or not. Just get out, do a half mile, whatever it is. We are different when we walk. We feel different when we walk without a roof over our heads. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. What's up, and welcome to episode 99 of Life in Motion. I've got Barney Scoutman with me, who is an author, hiker, and outdoor advocate. He started his hiking journey at age 13 and hasn't slowed down since. In fact, at age 63, he conquered the 2,700-mile Continental Divide Trail. I'm excited to hear what fuels his passion over the years and what the next adventure is. Uh, Barney, thank you for being on the show today. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of hear uh, your story, your journey, your different adventures that go along with it. Um, but as, as kind of the intro uh, stated, it's it seems best that we kind of start at, uh, you know, kind of how it all started in the first place, you know, where you grew up, how you got into hiking, kind of what, what led you down this this path, you know, that you're still in today. Well, if you were to see the little uh, 10 year old uh, Barney who weighed uh, under 70 pounds was always the shortest boy in his class, and was born to parents who, uh, who don't camp. The outdoors is not their thing. My really? mom and dad, God bless them, have uh, camped five times and each time was their last. <laughs> but what they did do is they took me to Boy Scout meetings. Okay. And there, and I love saying these men's uh, name again, Mr. Massey, Mr. Quinn, and Mr. Metcalf, my scout leaders. Um, I'm sure I was times annoying, but at age 13, uh, they took us in the troop on a 50 mile backpack in the Sierra Nevada. And they promised us, they promised us uh, clear skies, the Milky Way and shooting stars. And we had a rare once a decade, uh, Pineapple Express blue and rain. <laughs> yeah, it's it was 1965. And uh, thing is out there, things I'd only seen on TV, I'm now seeing up close and personal. Animals which had been behind bars, I'm now seeing I'm in their place. I grew up with uh, Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone, uh, watching them on you know, Walt Disney. Yeah. They're, I'm living it, I'm living it. And as long as I kept, as long as I kept up, as long as I could walk with my pack on my back, I was the same as the big boys. So I fell in love with it that summer, age 13. And I've been a backpacker ever since. My wife of 44 years um, would tell you that if he hadn't been a backpacker when I met him, I wouldn't have married him. So it's instead. <laughs> that's all. So that's a, a, a big, uh, big piece of your life as well. And it's, and it's really interesting to hear too, that um, your, you know, your, your parents and your family weren't really into it, you know, as well, that obviously, like I said, you kind of took this passion and ran with it. Usually there's there's some kind of story that, you know, we went camping and hiking and stuff as, you know, when I was a kid and that kind of fed me into it, but it's cool that, that they still got you into scouts and that kind of stuff, which, um, obviously fueled that. So, so out of curiosity, obviously, you know, you mentioned some things, you know, you're actually out in nature in nature, seeing these different things that you'd see, you know, behind bars, for example, like you, you mentioned, uh, in, in cages and stuff, and you're actually out there in that environment, but what, it also sounds like it was very challenging. Like you said, just for the fact that, you know, obviously you had never done it before um, and the rain and everything else. So you kind of, you had this one vision in your head. So I guess what I'm asking is even with um, put this in air quotes, that bad experience with the rain, you know, not, not a uh, favorable circumstances. Was it what, 
it seems like there'd be a lot of people at that point, even, you know, age 13 or whatnot would say, eh, this isn't quite for me because I didn't get the good experience right off the bat. I got real adventure. I mean, this was real around me. And uh, having when you make it through, I remember the last day, I'm looking at a high pass. We're about to go 5,000 feet down to the Owens Valley. This was in the Sierra Nevada. And thinking a piece of me, as hard as it was, I mean, I didn't weigh 80 pounds at that time. And my backpack started out at 40 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but a piece of me said, this is amazing. I love this. Uh, I'm ready to go back again. And, and it, it has stayed that way. We are, um, you and I are sitting in homes right now. The temperature is controlled. Everything around us is designed for our safety, which is yeah. nice. But to get out in a, in a wild environment, um, you have a sense of freedom that's entirely different. Uh, you're sitting there in your studio, your mic's in front of you, you got appointments later in the day, all these things tug at you, right? And out there, okay, um, uh, uh, where am I going to eat lunch? Where's my next water? Life is so much more simpler. And it, don't start me. It's the most, um, walking is the most natural thing we do. You and I do not recall the most celebrated event of our lives and probably everyone who's listening's lives. And that is, oh, she's walking or he's walking. Yeah. But even more so than first words. It's the most natural thing we do. And to do be out there with a, uh, with a pack on your back and walking in nature is an amazing thing, no matter how ugly and how hard it is. <laughs> it is the time. Yeah, I, I like that analogy. I have a, a little ones at home, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and about a two-month-year-old. So we'll be going through the walking phase here shortly enough. But but you're right. I mean, that's that is the thing. So it's just that simple, you know. Okay, so you just you just prime me to get on a soapbox. <laughs> Let's go. I I see people with kids who are getting a little bit older, you know, two, three, four, and they're in the stroller and they're going a long distance in the stroller. These people can walk. These little people. Yeah. The start of um, COVID, um, and we're jumping ahead, but one of the things my wife and I do is we host starting Pacific Crest Trail Hikers in our San Diego home. Oh, cool. We'll stay for a night or two. Uh, we'll drive them out. The trailhead's hard to get to. It's 60 miles away. They stage at our house. A third are internationals coming into a strange city. We feed them. Um, that year, 2020, over two months, we had 1,200 people sign up to stay at our house. Wow. 40 a night. And this is all free, no gifts, no donations. We do it because we can. But we had to cancel. Give me a break. We had hundreds of packages already. Around. But that's not the thrust of the story. We cancel, have to deal with all the stuff. And that Thursday in Washington, D.C., we, we flew from San Diego to Washington to see our daughter, our middle child's eight months pregnant. And she says, Mom and Dad, if you want to be here for the birth, you have to fly now because the world for all of us was crashing down on our heads. And for three and a half months in my sixties, I get to live with a pregnant woman again, <laughs> which was wonderful. And for the last two months, I get to, for hour, two hours plus a day, I'm holding a newborn, our second grandchild. But with the two-year-old, this little kid who, God bless him, going any distance at all, he's in a stroller. Uh, we started walking. Yeah. We go to the corner, corner and back would be a half mile uh, on this uh, residential street. And when we started, especially during COVID, all these shuttered doors and uh, people we didn't know. And here's 
a grandpa. You can't see me, but I got silver hair. <laughs> uh, obviously walking his two-year-old child. We're, we're carrying a sidewalk chalk. We're drawing pictures for people. We're uh, moving one lady's garden gnomes and she would move them back. And over these 90 days plus we were there, um, we formed this whole community around us. Uh, there was a guy who said, oh, uh, he'd come out and he's wearing a mask and he and his wife said, we have this swing in front of our house hanging down, please use it. And he saw us the first time we did and he could tell it, it, it was in disrepair, it was broken. And the next day we go by and uh, Elliot is up, literally, this is a 20 foot tall ladder. This wasn't a, a swing hanging from six or seven feet. He's up by himself on this 20 foot tall ladder, screwing in a new garden swing. <laughs> this whole community formed. And I wrote this uh, dear piece that ended up in the Sunday Baltimore Sun, uh, uh, op-ed piece about a grandpa and a son. And it may be that um, you know I've hiked uh, twice, uh, uh, twice uh, from Mexico to Canada, but one of the uh, uh, most important walks I did was that every day at 11 o'clock with my two-year-old grandson. So I'm encouraging you to <laughs> get out and go walk with these guys. Yes. Yes. Well, and, that, and that's, that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is building community or around that. And, you know, that's, you got to start some way when, you know, when, with the younger kids as well. So, um, and we actually kind of, uh, live on, on some property in a couple acres. So there's not necessarily any sidewalks to walk around, um, that are safe or on the road, of course, but there's plenty of woods, plenty of field and stuff. So we, we kind of always find ourselves wandering around there, you know, if we're not out and about anywhere else. So it's, um, yeah, it's definitely something I'm trying to instill. So, <laughs> so, um, it, it, so, so to kind of jump back just a little bit, you know, from, from the story, you know, obviously you, you found that passion, you found that freedom for the outdoors that came along with it. And it was kind of like a whole new world for you where, I guess over the years, how, how did that, um, that passion kind of progress, um, and, you know, continue to be fueled to, you know, new challenges, new experiences, new places, that kind of thing. What, what was kind of that, the lead up after that? Um, Every summer we go backpacking a number of times. Uh, we're lucky that the Sierra Nevada is, um, you know, five, 10 hours drive from us. Um, my wife and I never went on a first date. We went on a first backpack together. When our uh, son was born, uh, before he turned one, we'd taken him on three backpacks, much to my parents' chagrin. What, you're taking our first grandchild? He's eight months old and he's going in the woods <laughs> backpacking? Oh my God. Um, they don't melt. <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty sturdy <laughs> yeah um yeah so we've always kept up at it we um with our kids growing up usually every summer we do a at least a three four day backpack i was a boy scout scoutmaster uh when our, when our boy got in a, a junior high and high school and so we had camping trips and we build backpacking into that uh and somewhere Somewhere probably in the 90s, we'd always been aware of the Pacific Crest Trail, this mm -hmm. uh, continuous trail that runs from Mexico to Canada through California, Oregon, Washington. It's a, um, it, it, it's a modern miracle that in the 21st century, through um, uh, the most populous state of the country, uh, you can hike in a continuous trail that's largely through wilderness. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we started to think maybe, maybe we might do a through hike through hike is doing one of these long trails, the PCT or the Appalachian Trail, the AT um, or the Continental Divide Trail and uh, doing it in one go. 
in 2003, we did the John Muir Trail, 211 miles. It's like cherry picking some of the best, the best uh, length of the PCT. Uh, with the eye in mind, if we come up, you know, if we come off this, still wanting to do it, maybe we will. Yeah, and obviously we did. We did. Yeah. So, so that was your first experience I, I, with a through hike, of course, um, and, which is a little bit different than just some some weekend trips and and whatnot, as you mentioned. So, what I guess what was your biggest takeaway, from, you know, from that first experience, um, and then also because you did that with your wife, right? So, you know. I'll, Obviously, there's I'm sure were some some different dynamics that went along with that, you know, from my own experience and in, in doing some stuff with, with my wife. So I know um, that as well. So kind of what was your biggest takeaway from that that first uh, that first adventure? Mm. Problem is picking which takeaway to share. <laughs> uh, to do any of this, even a weekend overnight, uh, to do a week trip, to do longer, you have to really want to do it. In fact, yeah. let's backtrack a second, because there'll be some of you listening. And actually, have you backtracked at all? I I have not done any any super long distance. I've done I've done like day hikes and stuff, but not I wouldn't nothing I would consider backpacking. So any of you any of you who have not uh, backpacked, which is you carry your pack whether it's two miles or ten, and then you with what's on your back, you then pack and you set up your tent, and you camp overnight, and then you hike back out. That's backpacking in a nutshell. First of all go with someone first time go with someone who knows what they're doing and here's what i want you to tell them you look them in the eye because they don't have a big responsibility you look in the eye and says scout says that it's your duty to make sure i have a good time Because <laughs> obviously my first trip if it had been different if the people have been different um yeah i could have been this could just be a story about that awful trip i had when i was 13. Um, and so that first trip is really important and, and make sure you have things set up so you will more likely than not come off without wanting to have more. But you were asking about our 2003 uh, uh, John Muir Trail hike, JMT hike. Doing something, it was 15 days and it's an entirely different beast piece. You, you very quickly, this is where I live and this is what I do. And all the stuff this sheds away tremendous sense of freedom every every day i'm walking through and not once but multiple times i'm literally i'm, I'm dumbstruck by beauty yeah um i'm sharing in this case with my wife or whoever you're hiking with i'm sharing this this experience we're having adventures you know daily daily um she uh, uh we had some people resupply us two of my scouts who are then now 23, um, we asked them if they would resupply so we wouldn't have to hike out over eight miles, go 3,000 feet up, 2,000 feet down to resupply. And they said, oh, Mr. Man, we'd <laughs> love to do that. We haven't been backpacking for a while. My wife really likes the daily comics. Okay. And as a surprise to her, I asked them if they would cut out the previous 10 days daily comics <laughs> and they'd hike it in for her as a surprise yeah this is uh you know it's now 17 years ago and i could probably still tell you almost the story for every day out there so we, we came we came away still really wanting to do this because what you're talking about the hike through hike pacific crest trail um we have to want to do it enough that we'll carve out five months uh, yeah. each of us with our work situations we're going to make the sacrifices next necessary to do that 
she then was a high school science teacher. She basically told him, you have a choice. I'm either coming back or not, but I'm going. Yeah. And I traded in a lot of chips at work. I, let's get it off. Let's get this out of the way. My uh, heart of my career, I was a lawyer. Yeah. Um, but I like to say I was a kind lawyer. I know <laughs> words. If you try and push them together to like opposing poles of a magnet. Point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we were on trail, I'd take 15 minutes to unpack that, but we're not. But it was a challenge. Uh, but I traded in chips. I basically turned it over um, um, check writing and keys to two younger partners and walked out the door. You have to really want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, there's, you know, especially with something that long distance, you know, you got to make that those kind of personal sacrifices in that in that regard. But also, once again, to your point, I'm sure it was nice, you know, probably stressful to, to maybe get to that point. But also, you know, once you're actually out there, all that disappears, right? And for five months, this is where you live to do it, you know, to do it through high. And every, every day, some small miracle happens. Every day you have adventures. I'm 70 years old. Give me a break. And our through hike on the Pacific Crest Trail was now 15 years ago. Um, I could tell you right now, we don't have the time for it. I could tell you right now, I could tell you a story for each and every one of the 155 days that we were out there, multiple stories. We imprint differently. If you think back, if you were to think back a year ago and try and pinpoint uh, this week, could you pick out maybe a couple stories from that week? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough. <laughs> it'd be tough. Yeah, so we, we're going out. One of the things we do is we're collecting stories out there, which is cool. Now, I know you just said you could do one for every day, but is there a particular one that stands out while we're on that topic? Gosh, <laughs> which way to go? Which way to go? Um, uh, so one a bit that's a part of the genesis of the book I wrote about this, uh, Journeys North. Uh, most trail books are tend to be um, um, memoirs. I hiked and here's my hike. <laughs> it's great. And there's some very good ones out there. Some of you are probably familiar with the book Wild, which is basically that, Cheryl Strait. I was out there for 1,100 miles, uh, had her backstory and what happened to her on, on her trail were amazing. I didn't want to write that because one of the things um, that you find out there, my wife particularly, she says, I'm going, I'll be in nature, that'll be way cool, and there'll be the personal challenge. But what she really found was it was about the people. Okay. Most every day out there, I'd have conversation with someone of a type that I might have once a year with a best friend. We treat each other differently out there. We look at each other and say, I know you've, you've been on trail three weeks to get here, just like I have. And I know you would give me the shirt off my back and you know that I would, we just met. Yeah. So one of the, um, in the book, it's actually centers on six of us, my wife and I, and four others. Okay. It still amazes me that they trusted me with their backstories. Uh, uh, for these other four, what the baggage they carried that propelled them to the trail was as much, uh, if not harder than what happened on the trail. Uh, a young woman named Blazer turned 25 that summer, was a poster child for that. Um, she would, uh, a common question is, when did you decide to hike the Pacific Crest Trail and so forth? And when that was asked of her, she'd be a group of hikers and her answer was always the same. She'd go, uh, well, uh, three, weeks before, three weeks before I started, I got drunk one night and I announced to my friends, I'm shaving my head and I'm hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> and everyone would do just what you did. 
they'd laugh and they'd move on and hear the next person's story. Uh, we became close. She would call us on trails. Uh, she would call uh, uh, myself and my wife, her trail parents, and we call our trail daughter. Uh, we'd leapfrog, you don't, you don't really hang tight with someone, but you might for a week, you hang around them and maybe you don't see them for a week, two weeks to see them again. Four months after the trail ended, we got off and finished. I saw her again for the first time in Washington, DC. We met in a hotel lobby. Uh, her hair had grown back. I might not have re recognized her, but she proceeds to tell me the actual why. And the why was her life had cratered. She had always been valedictorian of high school, three, three sport athlete, in college got straight A's, and she had always dreamed of being a physical therapist. Goes to graduate school, is top of her class. She can't pass the licensing exam. Fails it three times. She ends up living out of her car, sleeping on her brother's couch because the only job she can get doing physical therapy pays 12 bucks an hour and she's also mopping the floors as well as doing physical therapy and she carried the secret the whole way and I was the first person that she told yeah wow and I wanted to share that story with everyone yeah that's you know intro I mean as, as you said in, I know in, where do you go from there <laughs> Well, it, it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, in the, in the fact I've, I've, um, um, I'm trying to think it's called a alone in wonderland. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, from yeah, Christine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, she did the, uh, she did the, uh, circle around Mount, Mount Rainier. Read yeah. The yep. Yep. So, and actually I've had her on a guest as a guest before as well. Um, but, uh, you know, so I, I read her book. Hers is probably the, the last one that I read, but it, it's, I think it's interesting because obviously her story was pretty deep if you if you read the book and that stuff um and then hearing that you know that experience as well so it's interesting that you know to me that you know as you said you know there's with those long distance hikes you know you have the people that are carrying baggage per se before they even get on the trail in that way but then when you're actually so so I guess what I'm saying is that you would think because of that, it might not be a good experience if you interact with them or the trail or not, but it's a complete opposite of that. Cause it's like, everybody's in that same, that same mindset. They're all searching for whatever that is, but they're all heading in the same direction. If that makes sense. Is that, is that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And they're willing to share in different ways. Yeah. So picking up on blazer again, when she starts the trail, she hides the fact that she's a physical therapist and her fear was, I am dancing as fast as I can just to be out here and to cope, to cope with my blisters, to cope with putting in the miles, to keep up with these other amazing people that I want to stay with and hang with. And the moment I tell folks that I'm a physical therapist, I mean, here I am, you know, they stay in the, um, in the, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king. So here in the land of the aches and pains and infirm, a physical therapist would be king. And she felt people, they'll just be clutching at me. I don't have this extra. She's a healer. And that's why she gravitated toward this. It was long yeah. time. 1,300 miles up the trail, mile uh, 1360. We're at a little a little tiny town. And hikers had gathered on someone's property. Uh, they would open it to them. And she, um, uh, a man has just come. He's in his 70s and he's section hiking. I mean, he's doing a, a long section, a few hundred miles. 
uh, it's been his dream to do a trail. He's this summer, he plans to do a thousand miles, go from Northern California to the Oregon Washington border. He gets there, he's all ready to go, and there's it, and his back goes out. And he's sitting in this room with uh, 13, 14 other hikers, and everyone's chatting. And these are people who've already gone this far. Normally, he'd be feeding off their energy. And he's this. You, you can just look at him, you can tell he's in pain, and he finally shares. He says, this is, I've been doing this dream over a good number of years, and I'm all set. I thought, my, I got my gear down right, and I'm all set to do to join you guys the next thousand miles, and my back feels awful. Blazer's sitting there, and in this room of people, God, I'm a terrible, but sorry, in this room of people, her small voice pipes up and says, I'm a physical therapist. Backs are my specialty. <laughs> with me. His, name, his trail name is Tazul, and she uh, works in Tazul, which shows him um, uh, a series of exercises as well as is able to get the immediate pain gone. Um, I was there a few hundred miles later when she, they saw each other the first time. We we're in a little, little trail town, and literally Tazul comes up and he bows. He is bows to her in the middle of the street and says, thank you, you saved my hike. Wow. And with that, Blazer realized that she, she does have a gift and thereafter she didn't hide it. And that wasn't the first person who's hike or last person who's hike she saved. And she also realized that this is a, it's a positive feedback loop and she wasn't just being drained. She was also being refilled back again each time. That's, that's no, I mean, that's amazing. But, you know, the fact that they're two in the, in the same room together in the first place. And then, you know, as you mentioned, you know, she was hesitant about that in the first place and, you know, decided to pipe up about it and then found that same fulfillment and kind of that, that initial fear was went away. And it also seems like that kind of exemplifies what, what the, the outdoor community, you know, is in a whole, you know, cause you're, you're all trying to help each other whether it's a case like that, you know, um, or, you know, push each other to the next, the next, um, you know, stop spot or whatever that, that challenge may be. But it seems like that's really a big part of it too, is that community that, that comes together around that kind of that, that same love. Yeah. yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. Um, and that was, that was, that was, a, that was a good story. That was a good one to choose. I like that. So, so, so you had, had this experience and then, so you mentioned your, your book a little bit, um, as well. So what, um, I guess what inspired you to, to do that, I guess, to, to write in the first place, obviously, you know, you mentioned a lot or, you know, kind of memoirs about, you know, their story and that kind of stuff. Um, and it said, you know, or, or you mentioned that you kind of took a different approach to that, but what was your, your inspiration and kind of your reasoning and, and what you want, want people to get out of it? Wow, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> I was, I was just, I was just rolling with it. <laughs> you're doing good. You're, you're doing good. Um, actually, I have to go back a number of years. Okay. And a uh, young lawyer coming out of law school, and I get a, a plum job as a judge's law clerk. And so literally, I'm sitting in the courtroom. I'm a brand spanking new lawyer. And I have a judge who's asking my opinion. We go back in chambers. What do you think about you saw there? Unlike you see on TV. 90% of courtrooms is boring. It's really dry. But every so often, it's if the ceiling opened up and you have some cosmic societal problem is front and center in front of you and your judge, and it's right there. It's right there. 
And I had a hard time telling people these stories and actually bring them there. And so literally one morning I sat down and I tried to do what I previously thought was magic. Big reader, I love, I love stories. And I thought that words on a printed page that I, I just can't wait to turn to the next page, that's magic. And I set out to write a novel and I'll be, um, I was 27 and I set out to, to write the next great American novel, um, uh, courtroom one. And over nine months, I was on fire. Uh, 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 I'd get up early on my lunch break, sometimes sitting in the courtroom, I'd have my notebook <laughs> and I'd be, be writing. Um, I then proceeded to get it published. I had some interest in New York. Um, uh, people uh, write back from the major houses. Yeah, we wanna see your next. I actually had some face-to-face -face meetings. Did this for three years. Uh, I, I set aside my law degree and hung it, hung it up. Um, we lived like paupers. Um, uh, to watch the Olympics, we would rent a TV for a month. <laughs> our first new piece of uh, furniture in five years in our marriage was a crib for our son. And uh, I was able to wrangle some face-to-face -face meetings with, uh, uh, with uh, three, three publishing houses, with senior editors. And I'm sitting in one. I have an eight-month-old. Hey, you'll relate to this with your young kids. I have an eight-month-old. I've put them through. We're living in less than ideal conditions. Um, and I look around this woman's office. It's 1980, uh, actually 83. And so everything's paper then. You don't submit a man manuscript. By, uh, <laughs> yeah. I look around her office. She has piles of manuscripts piles on her desk against the walls on the floor and i think to myself i'm banking not just my dreams and hopes uh on a, on this but my wife's now my son's and, and probably more kids and i need this woman not just to like my work and not just to love my work but she or someone like her needs to like my work love my work and think it's going to personally get her ahead and that's the day i stopped i said i've, I've given this a good run I'm going to uh, dust off my law degree. And I went on to a 25-year uh, career uh, with a small firm in San Diego. But the day I retired, the day I retired 11 years ago, my partner of 20-plus years called me. He said, all right, you know, you know, Barney, that's where we're at. Barney, you're retiring. What are you thinking today? You're expecting some, you know, some deep thoughts. And I got to tell him instead, Steve, I haven't thought about it at all. Today at two o'clock is my first deadline for Backpacker Magazine. And that's the only thing on my mind. So um, uh, with then that dream just burst back as, uh, as, uh, as vivid and as important as it was uh, that many years ago, uh, right for Backpacker newspapers. Uh, the first book was in 2015, coffee table book about the Pacific Crest Trail that's got 55,000 words in it. And if you read the words, they're, they're, they're moving good stories. Did the same for the Continental Divide Trail. And then the uh, the book I've been waiting 40 years to publish. That's a, a moving, you can't wait to turn the next page. At least that's my hope. Um, I was Journeys North, published a year and a half ago. Worked on it for 10 years. Um, uh, I learned a lot of the stories on the trail, but I did, uh, interviewed 70 people afterwards. Blazer, wow. Tony, Nadine, Dalton, multiple times. They gave me access to their journals. Blazer kept a journal since uh, year eight. And they let me tell their tales. Which is why, if you read it, you know far more than my wife would like you to know about us. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> an author's wife is immortal, and that's both good and bad. <laughs> yeah. 
So I go out to the trailhead the day. We drive every day. We drive people out to the trailhead, and you know, I got pinched myself. Uh, two young hikers come up. Their parents say, "We've read your book," and the parents say, "I now really understand why they want to do this." You know, can we take your picture with you? Yeah, it's all good. That's that's awesome. So, you know, obviously you're you're trying to share stories, but at that example you said, you know, you're you're creating a, a a connection almost for the for the next generation in a sense. Say, hey, this is this is why my kid in that case wants to do this, or this is why I want to do this wife or husband or whatever. Um, th- that makes sense. You know, you kind of, you're once again, kind of building that community around that by sharing these different stories. Right. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And even those who have, who their, their closest connection to the outdoors may be sitting, looking at a computer screen, which is fine. Um, my hope is to actually take you there and have you feel for a moment what it's like to do something like this, because very few of us ever will. Um, the way I like to tell it is to, um, I would like Joe and Josephine couch potato to sit there and for a moment to feel like the weather is absolutely nasty outside. It is blowing snot and it's cold around get out. You have retreated and taken refuge in a pit toilet outhouse. You are sitting around your tiny little stove with your little pot at dinner they're cooking. You're wearing every stitch of clothing you have and you're happy. So my hope is to take you there. Yeah, that's, uh, well, from, from uh, that definitely gave me some good imagery. So that, no, I I like that because, you know, and, and, and it sounds like kind of your hope to take people there in the first or the why I guess for that is to change their perspective about anything that they can almost apply in, in any situation in a sense that that makes, you know, try to figure out how to make the the, the most out of any situation, no matter what it is, like you said, all those bad things, but Hey, you're still happy, you know, and that's all that matters. So, so with that, you know, I, I know we've kind of bounced, bounced around a lot and, and done that stuff um, with different stories and talking about the books and, and whatnot. So uh, obviously you're, you're very passionate about the outdoors and, and everything about it. So, and I know like on the website, you know, it's listed as out, outdoor advocate and that kind of stuff. So are you involved in, or what different organizations um, are you involved with, I guess, as far as, you know, getting people outside or different, those kind of things, are there any, um, interesting involvement there yeah so i mentioned that um um uh, that it's truly in, in our country um we actually have um i think two hundred thousand miles of trails it's a pretty amazing statistic uh, congress has designated uh 30 national scenic and historic trails uh, you you've heard of the appalachian trail probably you may have heard of the pacific crest trail there's 28 others from um uh, Trail of Tears to the uh, Oregon, California Trail, Mormon Pioneer Trail, Selma to Montgomery National Historic Trail. And having, a, after my own hike, realized that you know, this is pretty cool. And looking yeah. around and seeing that um, what my skill set is, that uh, I can do the suit thing, I'm a lawyer, we actually have some resources. And maybe when I come back, I'd have raised my hand. And I did so and end up within, a, within that year. Um, uh, being elected to serve on the board of the Pacific, the Pacific Crest Trail Association. I uh, was asked then to serve as its fundraising chair. I'm not now, so you, you, you can take your hands away from your wallet. You don't need to. <laughs> uh, 
And then I served for uh, three years as its board president. PCTA uh, during the nine years on the board went from a um, million dollar operation to three million plus. Um, and this is, um, if you were to walk the trail today versus say maybe 25 years ago, entirely different resource, well taken care of. Uh, when things happen on the trail, it's not just it happens, but we have people on the ground all up and down the trail. And when say um, uh, power line is going to be built, Sunrise Power Line, major power line is going to go across the Pacific Crest Trail in three, three times. We know about it. We're at the table and they don't mind us being at the table because we're not there to say no. We're there to talk mitigation. This is going to happen. Okay. Uh, what can we do to minimize the impact on this national treasure? And literally, they couldn't start power without our signature on the Sunrise Power Line. Really? Uh, just, yeah. This one, many, many, many small ways. Last year, the PCTA, Pacific Coast Trail Association, uh, put on the ground, organized, fed, trained, uh, the equivalent of uh, over um, 100,000 volunteer trail maintenance hours. Yeah, it's a neat thing. Uh, any dollars people donate to it gets used really well, I can tell you. But beyond that, after that, I turned off in 2017. Uh, the second tr major trail I hiked was the Continental Divide Trail. And I don't expect you folks to have heard of it. Uh, not that many people do it. I think it's still in the uh, maybe 300 people, maybe 400 start with intention to do that. Um, uh, I did that in 2015, came off, got involved in their board, a bit similar. So I have a decent skill set. They were at a... Um, um, uh, much less robust place there, Continental, Continental uh, CDTA, Continental Divide Trail Alliance. Uh, and I uh, had the pleasure of uh, helping usher them through the first uh, uh, strategic planning session. And um, I was also their board president for a period of time. And I have a great guy who I really thank who last two years took over for me. And finally, because I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> There's a national umbrella organization, the Partnership for the National Trail Systems, the umbrella nonprofit for all 30 of these trails. Okay. We gather these voices together. We bring back uh, over 100 people, mostly volunteers, to lobby Congress. Uh, in February, we call it the Hike the Hill Week. Uh, with these combined voices, we can get face to face meeting with the chief of the US Forest Service, with the uh, national park director. Um, I've had the privilege of getting 40 minutes with the Secretary of the Interior once, uh, just him and me. Uh, yeah, and we get to protect these wonderful resources. I can't believe I'm still in my fourth year as president of the uh, partnership, as we call it. Um, and I'm hoping that, that my next is already um, uh, identified and ready to take on. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's definitely a lot of uh, involvement, obviously, for good reason. But yeah, I mean, some of those things that, that you mentioned, you know, I wasn't necessarily expecting. And obviously, you're still kind of you're transitioning to the next one each time and, and making an impact. And uh, I, I can't, you know, obviously, with the main goal, of, you know, obviously, a lot of government stuff and that kind of stuff, I can't even imagine what, um, what those conversations are, are like, you know, once you're actually in the room and trying to, you know, protect what what you and the rest of the community love so much um it's awesome one of the reasons i do it um yeah it's it's through mine and so many thousands tens of thousands of other people the hope is that for your uh, your two young children and their children these wonderful outdoor resources we have in this country will still be there they'll still be protected 
that's worthwhile doing. That's yeah, great. no, it, it definitely is because, you know, that's going to bring up the next generation of, uh, you know, the 13 year olds that, uh, you know, fall in love on the trail on a, on a, on a rainy uh, hike and whatnot, and, and, you know, continue, continue the, the adventures that come along with it and protecting it for the generations that come after them. So, um, it's, that's definitely awesome and definitely important in that, um, in that regard. So, um, so, so with that, you know, I always like to ask, um, our guests, you know, kind of one piece of advice, um, you know, that they can take away. And, you know, our, our conversation has been a lot about, you know, obviously different hikes, different stories and baggage that come with it. Um, and, you know, also obviously some advocacy, there we go, if I can say that word there. Um, but I guess my, my question is, is, you know, for someone who's, who, you know, mentioned, um, and I'll take, was it, was it blaze? Um, if I blazer, blazer there we go. I'll take, kind of take her, her example. You know, she, she was in a, in a tough spot from the story that you told me, but she realized that the, the trail was sort of that answer to figure out how to, you know, whatever the life problem was to figure out through that. It seemed like from what you explained. So what would you, what would you offer someone who might find themselves kind of in, in a similar situation or whatnot, how to kind of push through that and then how they can find that, that comfort and that freedom, you know, by getting outdoors, whether it's, you know, maybe it's, it's baby steps or maybe it's kind of going all in, you know, on a longer through hike, but I guess what piece of advice could you tell them to kind of encourage them to tell them, Hey, this, this could be your answer. Yeah. So here's the thing. I often get people come up to me and say, Oh, it's a scout. So in, in the trail community, I'm simply known as scout to thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, you know, scout. And then they use the word only or just, I, you know, I only do you know, weekend backpacks or I, I only, I only hike the 200 mile Jamur trail or I'm only a section hiker or whatever it is. And I tell them first, well, take the word only out of that. And today, any of you, you know, any of you listening, walk to your local park. Every one of us lives within with, within uh, a spitting distance of a trail, whether it's a whether it's a named trail or not. Just get out, do a half mile, whatever it is. We are different when we walk. We feel different when we walk without a roof over our heads. I had a woman who uh, was listening to it to another podcast I did, and I got an email the next day. She says, "I went and I went and walked to my local park and back, and." I've lived here for 20 years. I had two conversations with neighbors I'd never met before. Huh. You know, delightful conversations. We are we're our, we are better selves when again we're out in nature. And nature doesn't mean you have to drive five hours and go to a national park and wait in the line with everyone that's an exhaust and pays a 25 bucks. Uh, as, as you were saying, you actually got a little bit of land next to you. Um, uh, just without a roof over your heads, walk the local park. And if you were to do that next day or two, you'd make me happy. And I think. It'd be long, uh, uh, you'd set yourself on a, a little better mental place too. Yeah, no, I, I love it. That, that makes complete sense. You know, there's, there's more out there and the only way you're going to find is if you get out there. So, uh, that's perfect. So where, where can people, um, find you online to, to check out the book to, uh, I know you have a website, social media, all that kind of stuff. Where, where can uh, people uh, follow you to see what uh, scouts up to? Um, First and foremost, if you, if you do nothing else, I'd love to have you check out the book. It's called Journeys North, uh, probably to any local bookstore, uh, all the REIs on my side of the uh, Mississippi carry it. 
And of course, there's the big behemoth, Amazon. And you can uh, quickly take a look at that and see uh, folks have said some good things about it too. So that's first and foremost, Journey to North. I have a website, fairly intentional about it, uh, barneyscoutman.com, make that easy. And um, uh, also I'm, uh, uh, the one social media I feed and I really enjoy is uh, Instagram. I posted, uh, uh, and that's journeys.north uh, is the Instagram. The uh, post the other day we had, uh, 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 his trail name is Tin Man, big guy, six foot six, really good attitude. And he's attempting to hike the Pacific Crest Trail as a double amputee. Wow. And he's got, he's got a fighting chance at it. He's That's got a amazing. Yeah, isn't that? Uh, we serve breakfast here every morning. And I think my, ne <clears throat> my next post, so, uh, 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 fresh pineapple, fresh cantaloupe, usually fresh bananas. You're cutting up bananas. And if you have a, a banana that, that's cut and you look at it, you, you just put, you just with a marker, you just put little eyeballs on it. And they look like, um, they look like the, oh, come on. They look like the little critters, the uh, little robots from, uh, um, help me out from the movie. They're not mini me's. There are minions. They look like minions. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's all tray full of little minions. Now you got a picture. <laughs> it's great. So I'll post that. We teach uh, an essential train uh, 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 trail skill. I teach line dancing every afternoon. It's not an essential trail skill. Got a video of that. I, I enjoy feeding that. <laughs> so Instagram, journeys that's awesome. Well, definitely uh, uh, check them out. Check out the book, the website, the Instagram, um, all that stuff. Um, as you can tell from from our conversation, uh, I'm I haven't personally read the book yet, but the way you're telling all your stories, I'm sure is awesome. So I will check that out now. Um, and I definitely, you know, the interest. I think it was a couple of days ago you did a story about a, a teddy bear um, on oh. Instagram as well. We had this uh, Polish hiker again, big guy, big guy, and he's he's got a, a classic, you know, foot tall, well well loved teddy bear. And I thought that was just so dear. And and it didn't just stay in his pack. To dinner, he carried it right here. And so I went upstairs and I still have my teddy bear from those one. And the same teddy bear that was our son's precious teddy bear. And just like the velveteen rabbit, this bear has lost all its fur. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So hanging on. No, well, no. No, that's awesome. And that, that was, and that was kind of my point, you know, different, another way that, that you're sharing those different connections and those backstories and stuff. So everyone definitely, um, um, check it out. Um, but I appreciate take, you taking the time to kind of share your story, your background, um, share your passion. Um, and I'm excited for it to, to kind of fuel others passion, uh, once they listen to this. Really enjoyed our conversation. Really enjoyed sharing it here this morning. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.